And welcome to PodPod and Happy Christmas. This is our last podcast of the year. Um, Very exciting stuff. I'm really excited to be talking to Grace Mulvey and Connor Dowling, who have just won an Irish Podcast Award for Best Entertainment, which is pretty huge, I think, in the podcasting field, for their podcast, Fad Camp. Uh, It kind of seems like a really good time of year to be talking about all the different fad diets that people go on um, and kind of breaking it down explaining why it's terrible to police yourself i think let's all just indulge and enjoy ourselves a little bit more uh reem and adam are joining me as ever and rihanna we are delighted to have you back with us thank you thanks so much it's great to be back it's really nice it's been a long couple of weeks (laughs) what's been going on what have i missed what's been going on in the news i sort of feel like i've been living under a rock for two weeks (laughs) <laughs> well, it's been a uh, a fairly eventful couple of weeks. The most recent development was that TikTok has officially shut down the podcasting tools that it was testing ahead of a full rollout. So this was technology that it was working on to allow podcasters to basically link their RSS feeds to TikTok so they could link through to uh, episodes from videos and so that they could allow episodes to be listened to in the background while users are flicking through on the app an interesting sort of set of tools to give podcasters sort of more flexibility and sort of drive users through from tiktok to their podcasts in a more efficient way than just repeatedly telling them to to follow them on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, but that is uh, no longer a uh, going concern as of Friday. So, Reem, you're the only person that I know, I think, who uses TikTok. Um, How (laughs) devastating an update is this? Is this something that has ruined your week or did you not really care in the first place? I I mean, it's not devastating at all. I don't think it would have been a good idea for them to go through with this because, you know, podcast platforms or any platforms for that matter need to stop confusing their audiences and need to stop confusing their listeners Mm. because... no And me. Stop confusing me because I'm very easily confused with... He's just meant and mention of an RSS feed and I'm lost. Because so. no one no one is I didn't I don't think anyone would have actually gone on TikTok to watch or listen to podcasts. Um because people are going on TikTok to watch their entertaining seven second joke videos for the day. Mm. Like I'm still one of those people who continues to only listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and listen to my music on Spotify because I refuse to integrate both mediums into right. one and I've had that is that because it's going to mess up your Spotify rap well, maybe a little bit but also <laughs> but also I like to have them separate so I know you know I have a podcast specifically for podcasts I have a, an app that's specifically for music and I like to keep everything divided um, and I'm not go- I don't think I'm going to be changing that anytime soon I think a lot of people think that way as well so mm-hmm. I think it's smart for them to not have gone through with this because I really don't think many people would have actually gone on TikTok to be listening to podcasts and i think twitter did the same thing with twitter spaces right um and i don't think that was really effective either i mean it was like is that still a thing no idea i think the only organization that i that i know of that uses it as a sort of active part of their strategy is the telegraph which uses it for ukraine the latest 
uh, as a sort of live kind of broadcast and recording tool, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, talked to one of the sort of main contributors of that podcast uh, for a feature, which we will put in the description. But yeah, aside from aside from those guys, I haven't ever heard of anyone else using Twitter Spaces aside from those like weird crypto accounts that are just all over that platform now. We live in very different worlds, Adam. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so no great loss. Um, So why is this news then? Because TikTok is a platform that has had a huge amount of interest from podcasters and from the podcasting community. There there was a a level of expectation uh, within the podcast community that TikTok would roll out podcast listening on its app and sort of more tools to support podcasters uh, on the platform at some point in 2023 and that is now evidently just not not happening uh, tiktok hasn't ruled out the possibility of rolling out these tools or or similar tools in the future but reading between the lines it doesn't seem like it's it's something that is likely to be anytime soon and what that means in practice is that if you are a podcaster who is planning to have TikTok as a core part of your marketing and sort of listener acquisition strategy for 2024, which I know a lot are, that is now a lot more difficult, or at least isn't going to get any easier. And I think there's probably a good amount of podcasters who are going to be reconsidering how much they want to go all in on video strategies, particularly social video uh, for 2024 if this is all the support they're getting from TikTok. As a platform, I think know your strengths and stick to your strengths um, yeah. and don't try to you know add too much because at the end of the day, people are just looking for convenience. Um, and mm. if you're going to um, confuse your audiences, then you're just going to lose them a lot more. So just stick to your strengths. Sage advice from Reem Makari there. Love it. We're going to say goodbye to Adam for now, but say hello to Grace Mulvey and Connor Dowling, who joined me and Reem to talk all about Fad Camp. Here they are. Grace and Connor, welcome to Pod Pod. How are you both? Great. How's it going? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Excellent. We were really excited to have you guys on, especially because you've just won an Irish podcast award, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Yay. Thank oh, you. thanks so much. Um, best entertainment, which I think we were both very surprised by. Yeah. Just because it's like a good one. Not, not it's a very serious show. We were surprised serious. that yeah. anyone's being entertained <laughs> by it. So That must have been pretty thrilling. But you guys weren't able to be there, which is such a shame. Yeah. Grace and I were both out of the country at the time. So like we still haven't actually physically touched the award, but our producer Darren was able to <laughs> pick it up on the night and uh, tell us all about the, the win and everything. So yeah it's still kind of surreal i i I as well for some reason didn't have my internet on i don't know i was living like a amish person that day and (laughs) then i turned it on like (laughs) the evening i just saw that we won and then you were like doing some hike on in some mountains (laughs) it was like we were uncontactable or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like we're definitely not cool enough that this isn't important to us oh yeah oh this is this is the biggest thing that's happened definitely to this show and pretty much to us in such a long time like we're just so blown away by the whole thing 
how do you think an IPA might help your podcast? You know, have you kind of thought about, all right, we have this award now, which is fantastic. Have you got an idea on how you might utilize that, how you might build on it? Honestly, it it happened so recently and, you know, it's like at the moment it's kind of coming up to the Christmas break and we're getting ready to record, you know, our next season. So we really haven't had a proper chance to kind of sit down and like look at how to kind of, you know, capitalize on it, I suppose, for lack of a better word, but uh, to really harness the power of that like win. But um, I think we really hope that it's just going to help us, you know, and it's going to help the show as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, because there's so many podcasts out there, so many brilliant ones. Hopefully, by just adding it to our profile, it just shows that give us a chance. Because I think with listeners, they have so many options. It's like, do I waste an hour listening to this or not? So mm. hopefully that works. And hopefully give us a bigger profile in Ireland. Because funny enough, <laughs> yeah. most of our listeners <laughs> yeah. are in the States and the UK. Yeah. You yeah. can't get Irish people Yeah, <laughs> give us a chance. You know and, what I mean? And also, yeah. even just to add to that, and hopefully not to sound too corny, but like, I would hope that like other podcasters who are like, you know, truly indie podcasters who are starting in their bedrooms over Zoom, yeah. essentially like we did, will hear about that win and go, oh, wow, it's possible, you know, because I think it's very easy to look at a lot of the really amazing podcasts that are out there that have things like, you know, budgets and staffs and, <laughs> you know, all of this amazing stuff <laughs> that you're like, oh, well, how can I ever compete against that? Yeah. Like, so that's part of, I think, why me and Grace are so proud of the achievement and so kind of like, uh, blown away by it like we're just like really like we did that like ourselves that's you know so I hope yeah. people would kind of take a little bit of inspiration from that too you know I'm pretty sure we were up again my therapist ghosted me which is yeah. Joanne McNally's podcast and I know Joanne and like yeah no I'm terrified of her now <laughs> no but like she like that's like one of the biggest podcasts I would say now yeah. in the world like when we saw the nominations this year and last year every show in our category we were like oh my god like all of these shows are amazing I'm honestly not just saying that like literally every show is like recognisable with like people you've heard of you know from other stuff Um, so it was in a weird way a bit of a coup for us that the competition felt so strong both years you know yeah so how did Fad Camp come about in the first place Where, where was that kind of seed born and how much do you think it's changed from your initial idea of what you wanted it to be um, it was born from trauma. <laughs> trauma. As do the best things. Exactly. The best podcasts are. Anything in life. <laughs> no, it was actually, I think it was you, Connor. Connor recommended this book to me, The Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison, um, who was like our apostle, I suppose, of the podcast. <laughs> just the pandemic had just hit. And um, me and Connor were friends for years through improv. And we kind of write together. And um, Connor's a filmmaker and screenwriter as well what we'd always end up talking about are just all the diets we've ever done yeah. and like we tell each other these crazy stories and we'd admit to each other how much money we spent mm-hmm. just like the desperation you go to the things you order online the things you do kind of like hidden away those those habits you have that like you don't tell people about because you don't know if other people also do this and with eating that I think it's true for everyone people are always like really wary about anyone finding out their eating habits so mm-hmm. these conversations that me and Connor would have I just always thought we were really, really funny. And then when the po- the pandemic was about to hit, I was preparing to go on yet another diet. And I've had eating disorders out the wazoo. Like, there was no... This was just coming up again. And so when Connor gave me that book, the um, anti-diet book, it was like someone just said, you know, you could not diet. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was radical, radical. Radical thinking. Yeah. And then I think me and Connor, I was just said to him, like, would you 
what if we did a podcast? Like, but I want to be a funny podcast about this because I think there's so many very knowledgeable people out there on the subject, dietitians, nutritionists, all this sort of stuff. But like, I think the easiest way to get access to a very serious subject sometimes is by sharing your stories, but also mm. how ridiculous it all is. So I brought that to Connor and then that was it. Like that was the only kind of premise we have. Like, what It did start off with, you know, us two friends and lifelong dieters, you know, kind of just having those vulnerable conversations. And while maybe there were some different kind of segments of the show or structural aspects to it I think at its core it's still the same thing maybe we've um, opened up what an episode can be about you know Mm. like I think it was probably a while before we did like our first interview episode and Mm -hmm. like when we got to actually interview Christy Harrison who wrote the book that started the whole thing off that was like mind-blowing to us you know I, I just sent her an email kind of on a whim you're thinking I'm never going to get a response and I remember when I forwarded the response to Grace and Grace was just like giddy as a schoolgirl um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, but and then since then you know we've had listeners send us messages that are about their experiences and we'll like you know with their permission we'll turn that into like kind of a whole episode with just but ultimately at the core it's me and Grace talking about it reacting to it and yeah ultimately kind of riffing on things and having a bit of a, a laugh like uh at, at a sort of an unexpected topics, I guess. Yeah. Because at the beginning, particularly the first season, we basically just talked about diets we had done. So yeah. like I, we would go and like, right, I'm going to talk about the time that I did Weight Watchers and then I'll go do some research into mm. what Weight Watchers is about, how it came about and where they are at now. There's only so many we get to talk yes. about. But then just topics started coming up. And what's so funny is like, even when we are talking about a certain topic, next thing you'll be like, oh yeah, but we need to talk about that in another episode. Mm. Like, and we almost have to make note of like all the times that we say that because it's so like diet culture is basically our culture so there's so mm. much to talk about and then you start going into experiences that like you know about like say the gym culture and like all these mm. different things that like are kind of opening up about us and one thing I did that really changed for the better with the podcast is at the beginning say I like I said with the Weight Watchers episode I was like I want to talk about that because I went to Weight Watchers I'd write out a script and I'd give half of it to Connor to read or whatever and vice versa but it meant that someone else had to read your word mm. and sometimes it just didn't flow as well mm-hmm. and sometimes and actually what we found what was better was that okay if I'm doing the Weight Watchers episode it's my episode right. and I'm basically presenting it to Connor as if I'm presenting it to the audience and yeah. Connor's reacting so then yeah. Connor might ask him questions or we'd start riffing but it means then that I'm in charge of that. I know how it's going to go. And the other person gets to almost be the audience. And mm-hmm. that I found flowed much better for Yeah, it also helped with our, with our workflow as well. That like, you know, when we were going to record two episodes, go, okay, Grace, you're going to do the Weight Watchers research and, you know, uh, script for lack of a better word. And I'm going to do the episode on like hypnotism. And, yeah. um, you know, we can kind of like uh, share the workload essentially. Since you mentioned that you were, you know, kind of presenting to Connor the way that you would present to an audience, I know that you recently announced that you went on a live tour for the mm. first time and this you got to actually present in front of an audience. How did that feel like? How was that experience? I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> because I think live podcasting is still very in its infancy and I think a lot of podcasts are still finding out what that actually means. Like, you know, I know, again, bringing up my therapist goes to me, I know that their shows are big shows and they do like a DJ set and that makes sense for the type of show it is. So I think actually like when we were talking about it, we were like, okay, 
you don't want to just do an episode. You want to add some bits mm. in that can make it interesting for the people who are there. We did, um, our, uh, we did, I mean, I didn't do much here, but Connor, Connor did. <laughs> a bit, so our intro, we have a good audio intro. We were like, let's do a visual one. So for the people that are there, we basically put a bunch of clips together that would be like, you know, a very famous quote of Oprah talking about bread and a Weight Watcher episode. You know, like very mm-hmm. funny diet clip. And again, things like that. And then we did in the show where we would try out crazy, or we, we got our producer Darren to do it, try out crazy diet exercise equipment, like a neck harness, which is meant to add muscles to your neck. It looks like, <laughs> honestly, it looks like some sort of sex weapon. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that was what, you know, we were just like, how do we make this a live show? Like, how, like it, a live show should be something that feels like a bit magic in the room. You know what I mean? As well as a recording, I, th- I think. And how did the audience respond to that? Do you think everyone there was a listener? Do you think everyone was there because they were interested in the topic? Do you think they were there for the comedy? Are you able to sort of gauge who's there and why they're there when you're recording? There was definitely a lot of people who heard the show and we were seeing that on social media beforehand, like people who were, you know, listeners of the show or followed us on social media had bought tickets. But I know, like personally, I know I had like, you know, a handful of friends and family there who, you know, maybe listened to the show and maybe didn't listen to the show so much. It felt like people were super engaged. You know, that Mm. was one thing. Like, you know, we had every kind of reaction from like, you know, like uproarious laughter to like you know scattered gasps <laughs> you know mm-hmm. when we would uh, reveal some bits of information and then like those kind of silences that are like oh people are really leaning in and listening but yeah. it's such a different experience to when me and grace are just in the studio together alone because even though we know obviously we're podcasting we're talking to mics being recorded it's going out to our listeners there yeah. is a very intimate kind of conversation that happens where it feels like oh hey let me tell you about this thing I did when I was on a diet that I've never told anyone you yeah. know like so like when we're kind of having those moments and you're feeling this you know all of these eyes on you that was definitely like a new experience for me it was me, funny sure. as well because like in studio we've done some things where we've tried some diet foods like just to kind of be like you know how crazy they are but in the live show yeah. we covered the cotton ball diet and what's oh that sounds oh, awful yeah. what so, is that yeah. is that from Scream Queens <laughs> is it in you there you put a cotton ball into like a liquid like water or juice and you eat it again like what this is a diet hell? that like on record yeah. some models have done and things like that like obviously do not do this at home in the studio, me and Connor would oh. just be together and like be messing around and then be like, ah, like I'll do that. But also I decided in the live show, yeah, I'll eat the cotton ball. I'll put it in juice. I'll eat it. <laughs> because I was like, let's just show people that this is a diet. But like the reaction from the audience was horrendous. <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, like this isn't just to make, you know, sort of like egging each other on. Yeah. yeah egging each other on. Like, yeah. People were literally like, oh my God. And I was like, oh, maybe I've like, <laughs> yeah. I've pushed this too far. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, yeah. I don't believe yeah. wrong. But that, that in itself, I guess, is pretty effective. Like, using it almost Absolutely. as, like, body horror on stage. Yeah. To show what people do to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we definitely wanted to add a different kind of element, especially for, like, the video we cut together for the start of the show. Just something that was different for the people who showed up, you know, so that at least if people were listening at home, they would be kind of wishing they were there and going, what the hell is Grace after doing? Or what's after yeah. just happening there, you know? Um, 
what would you say your audience generally looks like and how were there any that, that particularly surprised you especially when you did the live show and you actually got to see them in person um i think the age range did i thought there was a really broad age range yeah. um, and a lot of women that i would say mm. um were in like their 50s that surprised me because particularly with diet culture older generations are much more entrenched in a way that like you know, say you're only now having people critique dieting or be like, I don't know, I think it might be okay that you just live. We're like, well, that's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly of women yeah. of our older generations, like being in Weight Watchers or being in Slimming World is part of living. It's part of breathing. Yes. So to see some women from that generation there was really, to me, heartwarming. And also a lot of like people from the LGBTQ AI plus community that was, I'm cisgender. I, I had no idea about kind of dieting in you know gay culture or anything like that so it's really interesting to learn that myself like you know yeah like I mean I think a moment for me early on in our show we must have been in like not even season two like it was so early it was during the pandemic and a woman who I met through a book club she was telling me that she was enjoying the show with her teenage cool. daughter you know like sitting mm-hmm. in the car the two together and I was like wow oh, like that's that was such an unexpected kind of thing but it kind of made sense because it is a topic that you know as we like as anyone knows it's the diet industry is tar- targets cool. women more than it mm-hmm. does men but at the same time everyone is affected by it whether they kind of realize it or not we have had some really powerful emails you know from our listeners that have kind of floored us in terms of like how much benefit they've gotten just from listening to our show and obviously not like in a medical sense because we always say like, we're not experts very you know like the beginning of every episode it's like yeah. we're not health experts <laughs> yeah unlike unlike yeah. every diet and diet book out there we do not yeah. claim to you know be experts on health um but in terms of just that kind of you know the company and uh sort of visibility and reassurance you get from listening to a podcast about a topic that's like close to your heart like we've gotten some really meaningful messages from mm. people all over the world really um from different walks of life and different and Someone found us because their therapist recommended us. And I was like, wow. Okay, we're legit. (laughs) That's so cool. It also came with this weird kind of thing of almost like responsibility. It's like, oh, wow, okay, this literally isn't just the two of us kind of having a laugh anymore, you know? I mean, it is, and that's what people are getting from it. But there is that little bit of like, oh, wow, there's real kind of real world implications to what we're talking about. Um, I was really encouraged to hear you sort of saying to your audience, go and do your own research. Don't just take our word for it, which is not something that others do. Like I've heard on other podcasts, people say, don't go and do your own research. We've done it for you. Right. Which I found really troubling. Why is that important to you? You know, why is it so important that you're very clear and upfront that yours is not necessarily the only perspective and it might not necessarily be the right perspective for one person? Yeah, I mean, like, because people's bodies are so individual to them like we critique and make fun of diet culture so much and and the diet industry that has always tried to make money out of people but at the same time like if someone wants to change their body that's none of my business and not for me or Connor to Mm. judge so I think that like the reason it's so implicit to be like go and do your own thing it's like if you actually want to be smaller or bigger or I don't know you want to get a third arm whatever you're into go do it like that's your (laughs) that's up to you but I think like to be like this is the only way then we just become the industry we're critiquing Mm. (laughs) 
because yeah. it's just the fact that so many people go and sell themselves as this is how you do it and this is what you should do when actually like everybody is different yeah, every diet book that you read essentially is a one size fits all mm. approach and if you can't uh, get the results it's yeah. your fault you know like that's mm. that you're you're to blame and you blame yourself um, because your friend your friend in quotation marks <laughs> was able to Connor's achieve like, the results have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the friend I is me friend. the friend is me <laughs> Um, and but do you think that, like, as with everything, there's always that thing about, you know, don't believe everything you read. Do you think when it comes to podcasts uh, that people are sort of more likely to believe kind of everything that they hear? Or do you think actually new generation bad, uh, kind of more discerning? I would trust the podcast I listen to. Isn't that interesting? You even asked me that. Like, I have some, yeah. you know, we all have a roster of podcasts that we go to. Like, I have, particularly for news yeah. now, I have a few um, mm-hmm. in Ireland and the UK that I'd be like right that's it, where I get my news I don't get it from traditional media yeah. anymore so I do then assume mm-hmm. that they know what they're talking about yes. and I'm going to implicitly trust them yeah. and that's not right <laughs> to do that so I think for younger <laughs> generations still actually for the Gen Z generation as well like at least we grew up more in traditional media so like we grew up watching TV with our parents watching um, the 9 o'clock news with your parents at some point Gen Z, I imagine, don't really have those memories. So I think they're even more filtered off because of the way media is now. Do you know what I mean? Like your algorithm mm. is like, well, mm-hmm. I listen to these people. Yeah, yeah so the you don't yeah. then... I don't know. I That's just my opinion of it, yeah. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question because it is that thing, uh. like, don't believe everything you see on TV or don't believe everything you read. But, like, we do take the word of so many sources like I have definitely committed to memory as fact so many things I've seen just like on Instagram you know like (laughs) um, and I I would hate people to listen to our show and take it as like you know like dogma like this is like the absolute fact but in the in the same way that we kind of try to call bullshit on a lot of things that are sold Mm -hmm. to us as fact or sold to us as like such normal things to have in your life I would love at the very least for people to like hear our show and go oh maybe I had hadn't thought of things that way and I Mm. will continue to question things like to go back to Grace reading the anti-diet and be like I didn't know you could like not diet you know like yeah yeah, even even if that's the only thing you take away from it like you know you don't have to commit the entire book or the entire podcast to fact you could just it Mm. could just sort of inform your thinking yeah yeah. You mentioned covering subjects like eating disorders, which could be very sensitive to talk about on a podcast. And I know that now, especially when with Gen Z, um, with any online material that talks about eating disorders, they tend to require well, things like a trigger warning. Um, so how do you approach that with your podcast? I suppose we haven't specifically tackled, so, you know, like a full episode on a specific eating disorder yeah. yet. but. Yeah, it's definitely something that, like, we have been conscious of and we have talked about. Like, one of the things that we've become more aware of is, like, the co- the the way we talk about specific, yeah. you know, weights and numbers. Okay. Those kind of yeah. things that we purposely self-edit mm. on those things. You know, mm-hmm. we purposely won't say, oh, when I was doing this diet, I lost X amount of pounds. Right. 
or I was this weight and I was the heaviest I've ever been because someone might hear that weight and go, oh my God, that's like my goal Which weight. Connor, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah, feel yeah. terrible, yeah, you know? Too. So yeah, we try to be as, as definitely as careful and as sensitive as possible on those topics, you know, but I do think a part of our back and forth and our dynamic is that we are super oh. irreverent, you know, like, and we're kind of like unapologetically harsh on the the diet industry just because it has made us feel so terrible for so much of our yes. lives that we're like, so we can be a bit unfiltered in that way as well. I think for sometimes sure. as well, I get a bit of free reign because I'm a comedian and I say it up front. So like this, sometimes you do get to mm. just declare like, and again, we say we're not health experts. This is a comedy podcast. It's a comedy anti-diet podcast. So like, you do know what you're getting yourself in for. But as Connor said, there are certain things that we try to avoid. We don't talk about weight. But I think we probably did in the beginning. Like I have the feeling if we went back to the oh, first yeah. few episodes, we mm-hmm. probably did mention what weight we were at that yeah. time. And those are those things that, again, we've learned and gone like, actually, yeah, it's yeah. not necessary yeah. that I would put those numbers in. And, and because, as you say, you're covering a subject which is still contentious but also you are comedians and you do it in a very light-hearted way and you laugh throughout the podcast. Has there been any backlash towards either what you're talking about or how you talk about it? I mean, I I don't know if we're enough of a threat to the diet industry yet. You know, like, I would love to think that, like, you know, Weight Watchers is like has our faces in a Shaking boardroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're going like, oh, we're, we're losing members every day. I Yeah, like, I've honestly found, weirdly, the opposite in that people who I know who are like say like in like the fitness industry or who are like personal trainers or whatever they'll like listen yeah. to our show and they'll be like or like you know we'll know like dietitians and stuff who will like like our posts and be like oh wow like you've hit the nail on the head there because like i think even they understand as well that it is this kind of broad conversation and this kind of broad spectrum of discussion so i suppose not yet I know. but uh, and yeah it's so funny because it's like oh god like for us anyway like so much of it comes from our own experience in this stuff so like if someone was yeah. to really come and be like hey I didn't like that and I was like well I went through it and I didn't love it either I think I am you know I'm not talking about something that doesn't affect me you know what I mean so that's mm. nice exactly. that means we have first hand experience so um, yeah. yeah yeah we just yeah. pulled the fat card <laughs> I'm like, look up, jiggle, jiggle. Like, I'm sorry, pal. Do you see me? <laughs> yeah. I know you, you you joked in the beginning about being in the best well-being and health category yeah. for the Irish Podcast Awards. And even though thinking that you don't qualify for that. But I think, I mean, the, the way that you do it is it's very effective and it's still raising awareness with comedy. How effective do you think comedy could be in, you know, raising awareness on important oh, subjects? like, it's so great. Like, and you get to talk, I think, like, yeah. I mean, I don't urge for like just at the moment in particular life's just very difficult for a lot of people and uh, I just think that like forget Mm -hmm. their troubles and I do feel like that's how comedy gets you and that's how you can almost make sense of something by just laughing it out and it's the only way I know how to communicate with people anyway like in my family it's just utter jokes I think that because the whole like subject of like weight and weight loss like I know for me and possibly for a lot of people for years it 
it wasn't no. a funny thing. It was mm, the butt of the yeah. joke. Mm. You know, it was a shameful thing. It was you're embarrassed about it. You feel left out. You feel different to everybody else. So to be able to kind of reclaim that power and being not the victim of the story, but the hero of the story and the person telling yeah. the joke, you know, and making those jokes, that is, uh, has been a very healing thing, definitely for me and I think Grace mm. and, you know, hopefully yeah. our listeners. And in your research, how much do you balance, like, the science? How much do you have to really kind of get under the skin of the science of what you're talking yeah. about? Connor, I think you were talking um, really recently about the new weight loss oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. injections and yeah. that sort of thing. And just, like, hearing you sort of unpick that a little bit, kind of, I've only heard it in passing in the news and it was really mm-hmm. helpful to kind of have it there. But obviously that's quite a big commitment on your part. So tell us about that side of what you do with the yeah. podcast. Yeah, when me and Grace, like, sit down to do research, like you know uh we're not exactly going to like index libraries and finding like all of this like deep scientific stuff but we're trying to sift through the noise that's online because oftentimes when you try to search for stuff that's like stuff about diets that are controversial the first like 10 results are like something trying to sell you that diet you know (laughs) like like and sometimes you think you're reading an article that's bad mouthing the diet and then at the end it's like don't forget to buy this or diet, like who's, you know? it, who's it written um, by and who got paid to write that article yeah and, you know finding stuff in terms of like you know what the diets claim to be able to do you know that's that's really easy but finding stuff where people are kind of talking out against it is is, is much harder and i think for me it's it's kind of a case of like doing a little bit of investigation work almost and kind of going okay well this article saying this and this article saying this but actually like particularly for the Ozempic one the um weight loss drug like all i was finding was people talking about how amazing it is and Mm. all these people who had supposedly done it but when i started looking further and further i couldn't find any confirmed accounts of the people who Mm -hmm. they were saying were using were actually using it you know a lot of it was kind of speculation Uh, that was being spun into the idea that this was this kind of wonder drug so it was a case of being careful and making sure that we were presenting you know what looked like facts and like up-to-date kind of research on something that is quite new and then even after that I did have people reach out be like oh thanks so much for your episode it was really interesting I just want to let you know I'm currently using that drug and you know this is my experience with it and all that sort of thing so like we do kind of try to like honor people's like real experiences yeah, yeah. as well you know and not just totally go like oh well that's been debunked or that's right. a fake or thing or whatever because if you're getting something from this like who am yeah. i to kind of you know Going take that away from you yeah. exactly i wanted to touch on the uh, sponsorship and monetization Ooh. strategy for your podcast how has that evolved yeah <laughs> we're still working, still on, working it, really, on it really like we've had a bit more know. interest now where numbers have gone up yeah. and stuff yeah um yeah, yeah it, it, you know, it's so funny because, like, e- even when you were asking the question at the beginning of, like, how are you going to use the award, I think because we started out so, like, just in a bedroom and being, like, doing this podcast, it's I sometimes feel weird about talking about money about it or being linked with money and, you know, but I think, like... Was it ever linked no, with money? No, never. Have you ever had sponsorship or anything? No, no. no. Unless you're thinking Don't of, like, Anchor or something, oh, yeah. like, we started with oh, Anchor, yeah. sorry, but, like... Sorry. Yeah. That's that 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 was so inconsequential. I think it was we just made like twenty three p. No, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I because we, you know, like everyone, you know, when you start off independently, you're not with a podcast network. Like we, because uh, we just started off, and like you'd you'd be like, yeah, allow you to put some ads up, but like again, you get paid per I think every thousand or yeah, I, I don't know the numbers, but like a certain amount of listens, and we weren't close to getting that. So like 
we never made any money off it. But mm. then for the second season, we approached Head Stuff in who are based in Dublin and we pitched to them and they were really happy to have us on the podcast network. They've been great. And since then, we're still looking for sponsorship, but like they have like a Head Stuff Plus, which is sort of their monetized. Um, so people, some people subscribe yeah. to us and that's great. Um, but yeah, it's still, I, I think it's probably the show itself um, can be a tough, maybe a tough pitch to some sponsors. I don't know. I'm not in those those meetings, but yeah. yeah. Well, like, I mean, you know, I think finding we're we're actually in talks mm. with Head Stuff at the moment on some new potential sponsorship, but that that's such an early talk that it's not really mm. we're, we're still kind of finding our way through that. But in terms of like reaching out to various like products and services and stuff like that, you know, it's almost a tricky one for us because <laughs> yeah. we can't exactly be promoting like you know someone's <laughs> diet pills or whatever. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot you. of stuff that we just kind of <laughs> yeah. can't be affiliated with. You know, and we've um, we've talked about the cotton ball diet, <laughs> but out of kind of all of the, the what the three years you've been doing this, what is the kind of weirdest, um, kind of most bizarre, insane diet that you've had to cover? on the podcast for me it's the potato diet it's the um, I'm not recommending anyone do this but this was one of our early episodes uh, probably one of the last like extreme diets I did before reading you know the anti-diet and stuff and it was kind of made famous by this magician called Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller oh yeah um, he, he wrote a whole book about it and I'm a, I've always been a big fan of his stuff you know over the years and you wrote a very funny book about his experience doing it. And actually me and Grace ended up meeting someone who uh, knew the guy who he did the diet with. Anyway, uh, two weeks, all you eat is potatoes. And I got to day four. <laughs> and I was like, get me some cereal. I just it wanted like just cold milk and cereal. No salt, no butter, like boiled. Yeah. No just no boiled oil. yeah oh, oh. or roast. no roasted you could roast them in the oven but with no oil right, right. Um, so I would like throw a tray into the oven in the morning with like 20 something potatoes oh, on it and then just God. like nibble on them <laughs> and the hunger the hunger yeah. was upon me um, uh, so I lasted four days until I just like lost my mind yeah. like literally I was just like give me all of the food in the yeah. world you know and that's what the diets do they, they yeah, create yeah, food obsessions and binging kind and of sessions brought, and stuff you know and never you went on a night out into town yeah, you brought a potato I went on a night out to a comedy show and I brought a potato in my pocket and <laughs> me and my friend were walking down the street uh, and, and we, we, we were outside a donut shop and there was all these like cartoonish donuts in the window and he was like do you want me to get you a donut and I was like no I'm good and he had no idea that I had like a potato burning a hole in my pocket burning a hole yeah I, I had a friend who did like a, a boiled oh. egg diet. Oh, wow. Um, and she would only eat boiled eggs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh and she gained weight. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I mean, that even gained, gained weight after that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, for me, Man. for me, my wow. most craziest one was definitely the um, hypnotic gastric band where I got a hypnotist to pretend to give me gastric band surgery. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! That, you're right. That's yeah. insane. Um, <laughs> that is a really good place to end. Thank you so much, guys. You've been brilliant. I really enjoyed Thanks that. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. 
that was Grace Mulvey and Connor Dowling with some really interesting conversations. Oh God, it really took me back to like my childhood and all of these things that I used to accept as fact or the way that you talked about things. Um, that was just what you did. And hearing them talk, I've realised I perhaps haven't revisited some of these ideas or topics for a long time. And how, just I sort of feel like I need a few hours to just reassess my entire life. Uh, <laughs> but you guys, do you enjoy that chat? Oh, I loved it. That was a really good chat, even though I I personally have never had much involvement with kind of diet or weight loss culture. You know, as you guys touched on, it is absolutely omnipresent. And it's really mm. interesting hearing about some of the kind of ways that it it pops up in ways that you might not necessarily expect. I find it like really effective that it is too... A, friends, but also like two non-scientists talking about it because it it feels like a really good entry point into quite an authentic, natural discussion about weight loss and quite, you know, but safe spacey because it is, because you don't feel judged because these are people who have done it themselves rather than scientists or doctors telling you what you should and shouldn't do. In the long term, that I think would would have much more of an impact on me listening than just listening to cold hard facts but when it comes to like the science of it all which we sort of talked about in the conversation um do you think that when we're talking about um things that affect people's lives their health do you think it does need to be regulated really i mean i think i think there's you know there's kind of like two extremes to this where i think in fat camp situation what helps is the fact that they're bringing in their own personal experiences and they're stating that they aren't experts and they're telling people to go do their own research which i think is very it's a very safe way to approach these subjects um but then you have people like joe rogan for example who's been called out numerous times for having misinformation about things like COVID on his show um, and him building this kind of like echo chamber of followers that are just going to believe everything that he says and everything Mm. that his guests say um, and there's no regulation there that could be very dangerous, I think. But the thing is people will just keep listening to that anyway because they're just going to follow who they want to follow and they're actively choosing who they want to listen to and no one's going to stop them. No one's going to be be like, oh, this, you know, we're going to demonetize this podcast so that you don't listen to it because, you know, Joe Rogan is still obviously thriving. Yeah. Well, have there been any consequences, Adam, ever for, for Joe Rogan or his guests? No. And part of the reason is that regulation in the health and wellness space is really difficult because there are very few 100% bulletproof, provable facts in science and medicine you know there are generally accepted principles but you know it's really difficult in medicine and in most science to say with any degree of certainty that something is or is not 100% true and so that makes regulating kind of health claims on that basis quite difficult there's a lot of gray area there's a lot of wiggle room the goalposts move on a fairly regular basis you know i'm sure we've all seen you know over the years articles in the tabloids about you know coffee and bacon will give you cancer or coffee and bacon will cure your cancer and you know the the merry-go-round just goes round and round and round and you know that that is because new research is constantly being done which 
kind of has different conclusions. So you can find a sock puppet argument to justify basically any health claim you like. That then gets into a question of how much of a burden of proof there is before podcasters can can you know uh platform these kinds of claims and as we've touched on in previous episodes that then becomes just completely unenforceable like regulation is not something that i could see happening with podcasts anytime soon for anything whether that's health and well-being podcasts or news podcasts like we've talked about in the podcast before um i just don't think it's the type of medium that can be regulated because there's so much content and it would be hard to get through all of that and to make sure that you're doing that correctly and not demonetizing you know the wrong people so i think it is up to the listener to do their own research and to try to figure out what hosts are are taking the lead on the podcast what their experience is before listening and just protect themselves rather than relying on other regulatory bodies to do that for you yeah i think that was a really good point thank you so much adam and reem for talking to me about this very illuminating topic and of course thank you so much to grace mulvey and connor dowling for joining us to talk all about fad camp remember we would love to hear from you guys as well if anything we've talked about has sparked something do get in touch um you can find us on social at PodPod official you can also drop us an email go old school at editor at podpod.com and do drop us a little rating and subscribe if you haven't already because it just it's just we just love it the podcast is produced by ollie peart for haymarket business media and i'm your host rihanna dillon we won't be back next week have a wonderful christmas we will see you very early in the new year happy new year thanks guys (laughs) 